what has been your primary preoccupation in life? When you make a prayer of petition to the Lord, what has been your predominant request to God? Is it about winning a lottery? Sometimes I do that. But I haven't even bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> when you pray, are you praying for the destruction of your enemies? Or maybe for God to bring down some proud neighbor of yours. Today, the readings are telling us to set our priorities right. We hear from First Kings the story of Solomon. Solomon prayed and the Lord appeared to him in a dream and ask, ask for anything you need and I would grant you. So it's like Solomon was given a blank check to write whatever amount he wanted on the check. He could have asked for prosperity. He could have asked for the destruction of his enemies. He could have asked for a long life. But he never asked for any of that. He said, God, you have taken care of my father, David, and you have placed me on the throne to lead your great and numerous people. Then he goes on, but I am a youth and therefore need understanding to rule these people of yours. Let's look at it. Putting this in context, we are told that Solomon loved the Lord and therefore he went to Gibeon to offer an expensive sacrifice to the Lord. And it was after the sacrifice that the Lord appeared to him and gave him that blank check. You know, unfortunately, we appear before the Lord only when we are in crisis, only when things are not moving the direction we want. We only come to the Lord when we are in need of something. But I would say, put yourself on the divine channel all the time. Solomon was on the channel. He loved the Lord and he offered sacrifice to the Lord. And it was through that relationship that the Lord appeared to him. If we do not build a relationship with God, we are not on that channel. And without that channel, my dear, the grace of God cannot flow onto you. You aren't going to be giving the blank check from the Lord except when you are in relationship with him. I don't think any one of us will give a blank check to a truant child who comes to you only when he or she needs something from you. Put yourself on the channel of God. And our request should be something that is worthy and beneficial. 
The Lord said, since you do not ask for the destruction of your enemy or a long life or wealth, I grant you what you have, you want. And you will be so wise that nobody can surpass your wisdom. And so it came to pass, a king lived named Solomon, who was so wise and regarded as the epitome of worldly wisdom. But it is also interesting that if you look at the entire life of Solomon, that wisdom was applicable to his ruling of the people and was never applicable to his personal life. That is something I want us to understand. At the end of Solomon's life, the kingdom of God was divided. God had earlier on said to Solomon, because of what you have done, I intended to take the nation from you, but because of my relationship with your father, David, I will leave you two of the tribes. And so at the end of the reign of Solomon, the kingdom was divided into two. Ten tribes belonging to the north ruled by Jeroboam. And only two tribes were left in the south ruled by the son of Solomon, Rehoboam. Dearly beloved. You know, I have always come to believe that it has been a mistake of most of us priests when we are preparing our homily, we are thinking of the people of God. We are not thinking of the homily preaching to us. So if the word of God does not become applicable to the priest in the first place, there is something wrong. The word of God should speak to me before it speaks to you. The other mistake is that some of us listen to the word of God, the homilies of the loud mouth African priest, not for themselves. They are listening to it for somebody. And so when people are clapping, they want to say hallelujah, they are so happy. It's not because the word of God is touching the world. Sometimes it's true. But sometimes because they are picturing somebody over there and say, yes, exactly what father said was for that guy. <laughs> father really knew this lady because he's so wicked and what he said exactly is applicable to her. Listen to the word of God for yourself. Let the wisdom and understanding God is giving you be applied to you. After all, what is the point of impressing everybody, of being the wisest, and at the end, you are cut off from the kingdom of God? Our prayers should be motivated by our desire for God, for his reign in our lives, for his kingdom. And that is why in the gospel, Jesus talks about three parables relating to the kingdom of God. The first two are alike. A man saw a treasure in a field, hid it, went back, sold everything he had in order to buy the field. The motivation is getting the treasure. 
The second one is a merchant who deals in pearls. And he found a worthy and very uh, nice pearl. And he went to sell everything he had bought to buy that one pearl. Because that pearl was of very significance to him. So what treasure do you seek? And the treasure, Jesus says, is the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all the rest shall be added unto thee. Jesus is not saying seeking the basic necessities of life is not necessary. He is not saying wealth is not necessary. But what he's saying is that we cannot dedicate our entire life acquiring so much at the expense of the kingdom of God. We need the kingdom of God. We need God in our lives. And St. Augustine says our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. We will never be satisfied. But when we have God, we have everything. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The things you are cherishing in life, where we have placed our hearts, are they helping us to acquire the kingdom? Dearly beloved, God has called each one of us, granted us various vocations and responsibilities in life. Some are priests, some are religious, some are parents, some are grandparents. When you pray, do you ask for the grace to be able to live your life, your vocation in the way that pleases the Lord? What do you seek? Why are you Catholic? Why do you come to Mass on a Sunday? Is it just to honor the Sunday of obligation? If you are looking for honoring just a law, then probably you are getting everything wrong. If you are coming here not to encounter the Lord in word and sacrament, if you are coming here not because of your eternal salvation, the grace that leads you on the path of eternal salvation, there is something wrong. Let's set our priorities right. We concern ourselves with trivialities in life, but the most important things are relegated to the background. Dearly beloved, seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all the rest shall be added unto you. But Jesus concludes his parable with a dragnet that hauls every fish on its way as it's dragged along. And at the end, the fish is separated, and then the good ones will be kept and the bad ones will be thrown away. The church, as I always say, is a group of people who are sinners, but counting on the mercy and the grace of God for the sake of our eternal salvation. We are not the finished products 
So yes, every kind of people, every group of people are dragged in the church. The righteous, the wicked, the gossipers, the loudmouth, every one of us. We are there. But when we are there, we grow together. But at the end of time, the angels are going to do the separation. Dearly beloved, those who seek the grace to draw closer to God all the time will continue to remain in that kingdom. But those who are allowing obstacles to obstruct them in their relationship with God are going to experience something else. If you do not want to spend your short life on earth with God, how would you want to spend eternity with that God you failed to live your life with? So going to hell is not God taking you to hell, it's the choice that we have made that God is trying to confirm. The psalmist says our lifespan is 70 and 80 for those who are strong. And even that there's pain. So that's 70, 80 years, 90 years. How am I spending that life? Am I always seeking the kingdom of God? Is the kingdom of God, the reign of God in my life, the treasure I need? If not, then I'm choosing to spend my life on earth for something else. That will be passing. That will not last. That will not stand the test of time. We cannot exchange our eternal salvation for trinkets. For something that is trashient, something that is passing, something that is here today and is not there, something that gives us satisfaction and joy for only a couple of minutes or days, and at the end, we are nowhere. Brothers and sisters, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the rest shall be added unto you. That should be our preoccupation. Dearly beloved, if you do not go to heaven, as I always say, do not blame Jesus. And somebody told me last week, Father, are the other part. And do not blame the loudmouth African priest because I did not do it.